Ready graphics? Ready theme? I'm Jesse Mullins. And I'm Lauren Milberger. And this is FYI, the Murphy Brown Podcast. Because when you have everyone at the table, actually it enriches everyone. Because now I'm bringing my resources. So I can help you. You can help me. I can help, you know, the white Mm -hmm. man. We all can help each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something that we really wanted to talk about and something, Lisa, that you and I have actually had really great discussions on uh, Facebook Messenger is about the fact that this show in the context and in today really sort of represents white feminism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what we would love to talk about having a woman of color on the show is, which you sort of alluded to, I think, already, is to mm-hmm. talk about white feminism today and through the show, but also just through a context of society as two white women. Mm-hmm. I would love us to have sort of a freewheeling discussion on that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Great. I'm going to leave it to you to start, though, if that's all right. Oh, where do you want me to start? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like, okay. So I feel like what I, 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 you know, I meant to check the messenger. I feel like we had this discussion like four years ago. Would yeah. you say? Because I have to be... Uh, I have to be honest and say that I had uh, about four or five years ago, I'm guessing I'll have to check the date. Maybe it was longer than that. I started hearing a lot of things about white feminism and Gloria Steinem and sort of, you know, that sort of, what is it? Tell me, Jesse, is it second wave feminism? Which one? The 1970s? Or is Yeah. Third wave feminism second is wave? mainly attributed to the like, 1980s. We have to to get ahead. We have to oppress those who oppressed us and forego our femininity, become the men. Uh, that kind of okay. aggressive. Mm. So two, two, maybe three. Yeah. Um, and how it left African-American women out of the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt very ignorant because I went, I was brought up on white feminism and did not realize it. And mm. so I want to be part of the conversation. And I remember I asked you, how can I be part of this conversation and be sure to include people? And can you talk to me about the history of white feminism in that context. Yeah. I mean, historically, we were only tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of black feminists, um, in the things that I read, I went to Spelman College um, for undergrad. And uh, from what I read, black feminists were included, but only as a token. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't included a lot of times in the organizing of the event. Um, and so our voices weren't really as strong um, in, in, you know, when they would have events and throughout the whole movement um, until we really spoke up and said, no, hey, like, we're not going to be your token and we're not going to further the cause so that you can benefit from it. Um, and so a lot of white feminists have... Um, definitely become more aware of it um, and have gotten better about it. But still, at the end of the day, it's still happening. Um, I felt like um, when Trump was elected, I felt like a lot of women woke up to the fact that they were in the same boat as minorities. Really good point. Yeah. Um, And I was like, sis, no, I always knew you were in the same boat as me. You were in the front, but I always Mm. knew you were in the same boat as me. Um, you know, and even when talking to my white girlfriends, uh, you know, they would, you would hear them talking and I'm like, sweet pea, you're in the same boat as me. Like you don't have any, as many advantages as you think you do. And, um, you know, yeah, you definitely have white privilege. Um, so which 
in my opinion, in my opinion alone, you know, I don't speak for all black people. There's not anything 100% wrong with privilege. It's what you do with it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, white feminists did not set up this system, um, but you are still benefiting from it. Um, So at the end of the day, it's just a situation where it's taking the steps forward and in making sure we're being inclusive um, and not just uh, people of color, but people with physical disabilities, um, Down syndrome and, you know, LGBTQ and all those all those different things. But you look at people like Jessica Chastain, who found out that Octavia Spencer um, wasn't going to get paid the same rate as her on a film. And she was like, no, I- I'm going to stand up and make sure that you get paid the mm-hmm. same um, you know, and, you know, actors were low on the totem pole until you get to a certain place. But even then, when you get to a, a certain level, you're still kind of low on the totem pole. Um, but she used her position and her privilege to say, oh, I didn't realize, number one, that black actresses and actors get paid less than their white counterparts. So I'm going to rectify it by making sure that Octavia gets paid the same. And a lot of times it's a situation where you're ev- you're even doing more work than your white counterpart. And studios will, and I've heard actors, um, very well-known actors who have said um, what was expressed to their agent was either you can take this at minimum, even though you're going to have to do a ton of work. And they didn't say a ton of work, but you can take this at minimum or we'll just go to Kerry Washington. Yeah. was what um, a notable black actress was told. Mm. She had to take the role at minimum. Um, you know, so it's just at the end of the day, um, things aren't 100% equal. Um, and I thought it was interesting when Patricia Arquette was like, okay, you know, black people and, and you know, gays and, you know, you got to help us now, help us white women now. And she had a huge backlash because we were like, uh, girl, no, <laughs> you know, we're we're still fighting for our rights. We can all help each other yeah. at the end of the day. But you're still a white woman that's privileged. So how am I going to help you push you and advance you when I'm still so far behind you? You know, and that's unfair for you to even ask of us. I can help you. You can help me. But I'm not going to help you when you're already so far ahead of me. So there there are a lot of things um, that we, we're we seeing a lot of people step up, people becoming more aware of what's happening and not. And I feel like a lot of times in the past when African-Americans are like, look at the incarceration rates, you know, we're still under a lot of the effects of slavery. A lot of white people have been like, oh, but come on, it's not that bad. Oh, let's pretend slavery didn't happen. Or I think you're you're, you're exaggerating things. Whereas now I, I, I think we're really seeing a lot of white people saying in general, hey, no, actually things are bad. But I think white feminists have always been more sensitive to our plight and more helpful. Um, but I think they're becoming even more aware of like, wow, there's a lot of injustice. And how can I help you instead of ignoring it and saying, well, you shouldn't really placate you know um play into it um and and becoming more helpful you know which is which is a nice turn Hmm. yeah and i don't know about you but i feel like social media has really helped me a lot too other than like Mm -hmm. reaching out to my friends and things like that but like 
being open to more experiences and being able to listen to a lot of different stories that I wouldn't have access to before, you know, but without social media. Yeah. Yeah. Social media definitely is, is helped a lot in good ways and bad ways. Cause then yeah. there's a lot of bad information and that's th- passed that's true, around, yeah. you know, but, I, but I think like we're getting more, maybe sometimes we're getting oversensitive in, in certain ways, but I think, we're starting to connect in ways on social media and understanding like sometimes, no, I don't understand what a transgender person goes through, but I support them because you just want to see somebody live their best life and live life to the fullest. But, you know, now we're starting to also see to get more information, like even the attacks on the Hasidic community You know, that may not have been information that we would have known. And I know the black community and Hasidic community can be pitted against each other a lot lot. and intentionally. You know, that's the way our system is set up is to pit people against each other so that we're not as powerful, that we don't come together. Um, You know, at the end of the day. um, But when I get information and I see what's happening in another person's community, I can relate to the attacks that are happening to the Hasidic community and 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 feel their pain because my community has gone through that. Um, so when we come together and we're stronger, that that makes our community, that our world as a whole better. But I wouldn't have had that information in real time because even I think like a lot of these shootings of black men and, and things of that nature, these things were happening. But now with social media, yeah. it's coming to the forefront. So now we can address it better where it was, you know, situations here in, in one part of the country and in another part of the country. But the, the, I think the links are starting to happen where people are saying like, wow, this is really a problem. Yeah. Something that I have found very helpful as, I don't know if you guys know like Enneagram, but uh, I'm sorry, no, the what? Enneagram. No. Oh okay. It's, I didn't know about it until I got here and now I'm, fully understand the kind of like culty following of it but it's essentially you know like myers-briggs personality test those things oh it's a more nuanced version of that at first it doesn't sound more nuanced it actually is but essentially uh you take these tests they're kind of forced choice questions and they really do kind of lay out how your brain works within my type is very much this like need for right and wrong and justice and doing the right thing and being on the right side of conflict and so on which is a great struggle i've had my entire Mm. life and my bleeding heart often breaks with injustice and it is a great Mm. struggle when you are in this world right now where you know i've I've read a lot of things about how self-care sometimes you have to actually take a step back because you can't fight for everything and do be there for everything perfectly so you have to be able to step back and be like what can i do when do i need to breathe so i can come back in and help be there for those who need it um But one of the things that I have found very helpful and part of that is just being being 33 and being back in a university environment, being in grad school, being around a new generation of forward thinking artists and just around a generation Mm. that has been raised to have opinions and be active in a way that even I wasn't um, has been Mm -hmm. very beneficially challenging um, in realizing i mean it's just being in an environment where every faculty member signs has in their email signature their preferred pronouns being in a mm, a school yeah. 
Like, wow. it's just incredible, this uh, being at the truly at the epicenter of um, intimacy direction and the expectations of that within our our field as performers. Um, but a big part of that is being a white feminist and how how to take in the shortcomings that my demographic has, how we have fallen short, how I and my bleeding heart want to be there and be better and do it right. But realize that part of that mm. is knowing that we haven't done it right so far. You're always going to misstep in some way, but it's how you learn and step out of that that's important. Um, the greatest lesson I have learned is that it's important to just sit back and listen. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And not yeah. always be like, well, and the the equivocating, um, the being like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, like as a woman, I've gone through all of this, which is, must be so much like what you've gone through as as a black woman. It's like, no, I don't know what that is. I know this experience, and yes, I have a bunch of uh, things that I don't get just because I'm female. There's plenty that I don't understand, and the best way to to help others is not to be like, I I understand because of whatever. It's like. Sometimes listen <laughs> and stop trying to be like, because you are talking about white privilege, it means you're attacking me. Yeah, I wish yeah. you would get away from that. Or if if I express how proud I am of my blackness, anything having to do my blackness, it's all, all of a sudden an attack on whiteness. Yeah. And it's not. No. I should be able to be proud of who I am and it has no reflection on white mm-hmm. people. But the um, attitude has been we should assimilate Mm. to being as white as possible. And if in any way you don't, then that's that's an attack against white people. And it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not an attack. It's not an attack on black um, Mm people, white people. Um, It's just saying that we matter. It literally is saying we matter. It doesn't say white people don't matter and we're the only ones that matter. It's just we're saying literally we matter. And um, but I've, I've had white people who are like, well, why do you have to do that? Why can't it be all lives matter? Because once again, we are watering down our message. When black people stand up for ourselves, then that's a problem. When we don't stand up for ourselves. Oh, why can't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps? It's just you get it coming and you get it going. But at the end of the day, like as as white feminists, I don't need you to understand what it is to be a black woman on every level. I don't know what it is to be a white woman, but I can listen. You know, I can help in the ways that I can. Um, so at the end of the day, if you are in the position of power and it doesn't even have to be a white person, if you're in a position of power and you're helping somebody else out. That's how you are contributing and not being a part of the problem. And, you know, I think people want to now. um, Well, let me just say this, because part of the thing, too, when it comes to my experience, when it comes to white people, um, it's like you guys can kind of come in and just take over everything. You know, even in my neighborhood, I live in Harlem. White people move in and they want to take over the block. Well, no, there have been people who lived here for generations. I am not a native New Yorker. And when I move into the neighborhood, I can't come in and try to change the neighborhood. That's disrespectful to the people who've lived here. 
But we have white people who are moving into Harlem and different areas in Brooklyn and whatever, and they want to change the neighborhood and are doing disrespectful things. But you have to understand you have to pull back because you you're, you weren't born here. You know, you can't change this neighborhood and be disrespectful to the people who have developed this neighborhood and made it into what it is. So it's just like sometimes it's that coming in and taking over. It's like you have to be um, appreciative of what it is now and come into the fold. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take over. Um, And there were there were all kinds of different situations with, you know, they they started a, a block association and then, you know, and a block association is taking over. And then, um, you know, it's just it's it's and that's great. Start a block association, but then don't come in and preach to us. And then um, there was like a situation with a kid who was allowing his dog to defecate on the block. And he's a black boy. And then somebody took a screen grab of from their security camera and were tacking it on to treat. You know, uh-huh. and some somebody in the um, email chain had to let them know, like, hey, like this is insensitive. Mm-hmm. Like we have an email chain. We you could let us know and we'll let you know who the kid's parents are um, and we'll have, you know, someone speak to him. But, you know, it's just so many things like that where it's just like you have to be sensitive. And, and, and if you make a misstep, it's human. Yeah, it's OK. Yeah. But acknowledge that you made the misstep that I don't understand everything. And I, you know, wasn't trying to cause harm, but I did. So, you know what? Let me sit back and listen. And how can I, I do better and be better? Yeah, more people need to listen in general. In unfortunately, general. it's yeah. not a human trait that is uh, as uh, large spread as it should be. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the conversations that's always been really important to me is the idea that it's just the the concept that the table is big enough and that Mm -hmm. we can, as a white woman, I can make space for every woman of color without losing my place setting. Exactly. Like I am not losing something because someone else joined the table. And it's, I think it's very hard for those who have been in the position of power to, it's very easy to have this like xenophobic reaction to other people coming in and that's why it frustrates me when I you know I lived in New York for a decade watching people of my race coming in and gentrifying these incredible neighborhoods where people were able to celebrate multiple cultures and just bring in a whole foods yeah. and you know start to and force people out of their own neighborhoods because these privileged Aryans wanted it to be like their like close walk to Central Park um it yeah. is frustrating because it it's not mutually exclusive that people can be represented and you can still be represented. Like I think about your comment at the beginning of this episode where you said that you watched Murphy Brown and it's wasn't just because the white people were the only thing on television, but because you saw parts of yourself in Murphy, you saw parts of yourself in Corky, you were able to see yourself. A little white girl should be able to watch Fresh Off the Boat or Blackish or any of these shows that don't have white yes, people and see themselves absolutely. in those characters. We are not losing because yeah. more people are around. No. And I think I saw, I think on Facebook where it was said, like, it's not a pie. Like, I'm not taking your yeah. slice of the You're gonna pie. You're going to be okay. Because, yeah, because when you have everyone at the table, actually, it enriches everyone. Mm-hmm. Because now 
I'm bringing my resources so I can help you. You can help me. I can help, you know, the white Mm -hmm. man, you know, who's sitting at the table. We all can help each other. But our society has been built in pitting against each other so that only a certain group can benefit. And all of us who are being pitted against each other are the ones who are really honestly Mm -hmm. losing. But even the one who's pitting us against each other is also Mm -hmm. losing. Because at the end of the day, when you don't get to experience other cultures, other people, um, and or people who identify in different ways, you're the one who's losing yep. out. Agreed. You know, because when how many times have you been in experience with somebody and you learn something new and it improved yes. your life? Yeah. You know? So it's just it's all around not healthy, but at the end of the day, I, I think we are making small steps towards being a healthier society and being more aware and more kind and more helpful to each Mm -hmm. other. That's a great way, I think, to end. I would love to, in fact, you should come on so we can continue this discussion. So do you want to tell the audience where they can or cannot find you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am social media terrible. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Dart and Lisa. I'm a little hard to find on Facebook, but I am a board member at the Fair Housing Justice Center. So you can always contact us at the Fair Housing Justice Center If you're having any kind of issues with housing discrimination, we do a full gamut from race to um, discrimination for families or people with disabilities. So if you feel like you're being discriminated against, um, you can contact the Fair Housing Justice Center. Um, We're located on Long Island City um, here in New York. So um, you can Google us and and get the number if you feel like you need some help with that. Please. It was so nice to finally meet you. Please come back. I would love to do more episodes. Likewise. Oh, I would love to come back. Yay, 2020. So nice to meet you. Thank you for being woke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's our tag. Okay. We're going to bring them into the fold. That's our bumper. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you soon for another edition of FYI. The Murphy Brown Podcast. (laughs) 